Welcome back to Tech Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. As ever, if you want to get in touch, you can drop me an email, techtalk at newstalk.com. Uh, on Tuesday's Pat Kenny Show, I'll have the new Google Pixel 7a in studio. This is a phone that Google unveiled on Wednesday, I want to say, of this week. Uh, and I've had it for around a week or so. I have been so impressed by it. I loved the Pixel 7 and the Pixel 7 Pro when they came out. So this is the little sister of that range. It's in and around the 500 euro mark. Uh, and I've been testing the battery, the camera, the screen, the whole kit and caboodle. Uh, so you can hear that full review on Tuesday's Pat Kenny show. So that's Tuesday. And then on Thursday, the African Professional Network of Ireland is hosting the final of its Lion's Den startup competition. I have been following this online and I am very excited to see who walks away the winner. But I'm delighted to say that Lizzie Beecham is with me now from APNI. Uh, Lizzie, we spoke to you on the show a while back about the work that you guys do, some of the meetups that you host, the networking events and so on. Um, just remind us a little bit about your offering and then also specifically what the Lion's Den startup is all about. Yeah, great. Great to be back on the show, Jess. Um, so basically, um, the African Professional Network of Ireland, APNI, is a volunteer group. And as you said, we are running networking events, but also looking to kind of connect uh, Afro-Irish and African diaspora professionals who are living in Ireland and working here in lots of different ways. So one group that we really wanted to focus on is supporting entrepreneurs be they people who recently started businesses or been nurturing the, these aspirations for a while. So our entrepreneurship competition is called Lion's Den. It's a business pitch style competition, uh, kind of taking some inspiration from the Dragon's Den style. So it really is a place for businesses that have been founded or co-founded by Afro-Irish or African professionals living in Ireland to get mentorship, access to some really great prizes and supports if they win, and also just kind of, uh, I suppose, develop and, and hone their pitching skills throughout the competition. Yeah, and this is something that, you know, is very familiar to anybody in the tech scene. These types of pitching competitions are so beneficial because you build in confidence, you make connections, and then you may pick up little nuggets from the other competitors who are in the room. So it is a brilliant idea. Uh, talk me through the nature of the submissions. From what I could see on your Instagram, it was sort of a mixed bag, but tech was well represented there. Yeah, I suppose this year, com this year's competition, I think in total, we had 28 businesses submit themselves. And as you hinted to, there was a real mix. There was some people that had maybe started catering businesses, but also a lot of businesses that had a tech focus, but then also touched on other areas, be they payments management and um, fintech. So our kind of three finalists that have reached the final that will happen um, on the 18th of May in Dublin City Council's Woodkey venue. Um, Preamble, which is a data visualization company that helps create really interesting and impactful uh, data visualizations and designs focusing particularly on African data. So covering everything from investment to tourism to geopolitics. Uh, so it's a really kind of rich resource for people who are maybe making decisions or producing reports that would touch on uh, African countries or African nations. Uh, the second business is a company called Billout. They are a payment solution. So kind of helping people keep track of their subscriptions and payments and bundling them together in a really user-friendly interface and an app. So I suppose we've all kind of fallen victim to 
signing up for a free trial for something and maybe not cancelling in time and then incurring a fee that you didn't want to to continue a service you weren't interested in anymore. So that's a really great, I suppose, consumer tool to help manage your finances. And again, solving a real business need and a real kind of problem for consumers. And then third is POC, which is a tool for B2B, like software as a service, SaaS companies, helping their sales teams to kind of collate and better manage resources on clients in a kind of place that isn't you know dispersed with some information living in an Excel sheet and some information living in slides and kind of a unified place that they can get and gather information to kind of make their sales funnels run a lot smoother. Yeah, they're all brilliant businesses and great ideas. I do wonder if it weren't for something like Lion's Den, you know, would these companies get the acknowledgement and the support and the celebration that seems to be happening from yourselves? Is that some? Is that still a problem? You know that we don't have more diversity in the in air quotes mainstream competitions. Yeah, completely. I think we're the only kind of group in the country that's doing something like this. That's trying to, I suppose, create a, an environment for startups, um, particularly focusing on the African community. As, as we know, in the past, I don't know, thirty years, we've really seen a huge and fantastic diversity coming into Irish society. So we want to really try and empower and nurture um, Afro-Irish people or African people who might happen to be living and working here or recently moved to kind of have that leg up. Because I suppose, like everyone, you know, we as we know, so many Irish people living abroad, the minute you move from your home country, your network completely changes and it shrinks. So you need, I suppose, groups like this where you can find um, you know, maybe common common people that maybe share some of your cultural experiences to help you kind of reestablish and build a bigger network outside of, you know, your your job or outside of the community that you're living in to kind of help you, as you said, bring your business a bit forward, elevate it, publicize it. Sometimes the hardest work can be letting people know the interesting idea that you have or the interesting business plan that you've worked on and you want to elevate it to the next stage. Mm. And uh, you mentioned that you've got your three finalists now. So what's next? So um, I suppose it's been a good journey so far in the sense that they've had to submit a pitch deck. It's been reviewed by our judges. And this will all culminate next Thursday um, in our event, which is on the 18th. And that will be held um, in partnership with Dublin City Council, as I said. And basically, they'll do an in-person pitch. I think the tickets are actually all sold out, but we'll be sharing so much on our social for people to follow but they'll just be presenting again Q&A from the judges and then there'll be an overall winner announced and then after that they're going to receive a cash prize but also access to free co-working space with Dogpatch Labs excuse me and also access to the local enterprise offices start your own business program so these are really tangible supports and um, in addition to the workshops that we ran with them previously and I suppose as, as you can alluded to in one of your earlier questions, just the networking at the event itself. So after all the kind of um, announcement of the final winner, we're going to have a really lovely evening. We've uh, got catering from a, a West African uh, style business, Lamy's Kitchen, that do great chalaf. And I suppose it's really kind of creating the environment that's fun and allows people to network because I suppose during the pandemic, so much of that stuff was like, stunted and limited by what mm -hmm. we could do but now we're really in a place where like 
people love to get together and talk and meet other people and just kind of have that in-person moment to kind of, you know, celebrate your business and celebrate how great these businesses are. You mentioned the final uh, is taking place on Thursday and you're working with Dublin City Council. How important are those different partnerships when it comes to hosting these events to ensure that they're not more, not credible, but that you have that sort of backing and that you can take things on to the next level? Totally. So, yeah, we're a really lean volunteer organisation. So, for example, with Dublin City Council, you know, we don't access, we don't have access to a space ourselves or, you know, we, in terms of renting, we would rather, you know, partner with the likes of Dublin City Council and see if they can help us by providing a venue. And that gives us the space, <clears throat> excuse me, to get together as a group and have this really great in-person event in a beautiful location in the city centre. So it is again I suppose kind of taking a kind of a different perspective on it as a community group you have to be really smart and think about well we have the time we have the interest we have the passion can we reach out to different civic partners like Dublin City Council or corporate partners you'll see in our on our socials we've been really excited this year to kind of onboard some different corporate partners so for example one of them is Grant Thornton and a few weeks ago we did a workshop with the Lions Den all the businesses that had submitted um, pitches and and interest in that competition were invited to their offices and they had a really fantastic workshop with a number of the Grand Thornton staff that just looked at different aspects of their business from ESG to kind of tax and how to, I suppose, begin to structure those as a small startup or, you know, scaling up. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's when you're a community organization, you you know the need to stay there, you know the people you want to empower or support. So you just have to, I suppose, try and identify the pathways to access um, help and engagement from because you know there's so many businesses and civic organizations that want to help so whatever your particular passion is maybe it's empowering people with neurodiversity or different backgrounds to kind of meet and be a collective we want to be able to be that bridge to kind of help uh, kind of create events and also meaningful programs like this that really empower and uplift entrepreneurs well it is a brilliant event and as lizzie said the final is taking place on thursday hopefully we will have the winner on the show next week or the week after we will definitely keep in touch Uh, but for now lizzie beecham thank you so much for joining us here on news talk that's brilliant thanks so much jess yeah that was lizzie beecham of apni Uh, they do fantastic work If you've got an Instagram account, give them a follow and you'll see the progress of the different finalists and indeed the winner as hopefully they go from strength to strength. Now, before we go, I want to bring you another interview from the MasterCard Showcase. I was there last week at their Leopardstown headquarters and I got to meet a number of the executives who talked me through the vision, I suppose, for the future of payments but also bringing consumers along because there's no point in having these fantastic payment solutions and then not having every part of society being able to engage. And this was the nature of my discussion with Kelly Devine, who's the Division President of UK and Ireland. So if you like, if you think about it, we are the technology that sits between the bank of a consumer who gives you a card or a bit of plastic to make your payment with and the bank of the retailer where you want to spend your money. We help join those two banks together and basically help to check that you are who you say you are, um, pass the messages that enables your bank to say whether you've got enough funds or not. 
we can run fraud checks, we guarantee everyone gets their money at the end of the day, but with a sort of bit in the middle, if you like, that helps to make a payment possible. Mm-hmm. And we know that there's been a huge amount of innovation in this space over the last like I've been a tech journalist for 14 years now. So over the 14 years alone, there's been a huge amount of change. And I think the pandemic, you know, shifted things up a gear as well with more and more outlets now. You know, there are signs in coffee shops right around Dublin saying, please pay by card rather than cash. Has that shift offered opportunities or has it presented as pressure to MasterCard to deliver and facilitate the needs and wants of different types of customer? I think it's... It's it mostly it's opportunity because I think it's a chance to to serve people in a way that they want to be served, if you like. So I look after the UK and Ireland, and if I think about the UK, for example, where we also do cash at cash machines, so we're responsible for both sides, if you like. Mm-hmm. And people will always choose the way that they want to pay or the way that they want to get paid, and we. we we don't get to decide that for them, they get to decide that. So our job is to make sure that whatever they choose to do, we're providing something that helps them do it in a way that is safe and secure and it's that they understand the experience and the experience is consistent. So for us, the pandemic, you know, in some ways it shifted behaviour, it shifted people slightly more online. In some cases, there were outlets that decided to accept card payments that hadn't done previously. So that's great for us because we can continue to enable that choice. But clearly, you've also still got people who want to use cash. So how do we help to to, um, be thoughtful in choices that we make that don't make it more difficult for people to make that choice either? And alongside the innovation in the uh, financial sector that's going on and has been going on for quite a while, there's also the rise of fraud, uh, phishing, smishing, all the other ishings that are out there. And that doesn't help those who might be a bit wary about embracing digital payments to take a step forward. How much of a seesaw is it, you know, in terms of embracing innovation, but also not going too fast that people get scared and then run away? It's interesting, isn't it? As you say, we talk about innovative new ways of making a payment, but at the same time, every time you make a normal payment, your bank's saying, are you sure? (laughs) Do you know the person? So it is a balance, and I I think there's a couple of answers to that. One is about trusted brands. Mm -hmm. So a brand like MasterCard, where you know what you're going to get, there are consumer protections built into the product so that if something does go wrong, God forbid, you have that protection built in. So you have to create trust, and you have to do that by delivering the right thing for a consumer when something does go wrong. Mm-hmm. So that, that's kind of the first piece of it, if you like. I think the second piece of it is when we do design um, new products, is how you design things like security in right from the beginning. You don't yeah. build the product and then come in afterwards and layer it on. But things like privacy by design, security by design, you're baking that right in from the start to make sure that... I mean, fraud is a bit like we call it squeezing a balloon. The trouble is, once you stop it somewhere else, it pop. You know, it, it, it will stop it in one place. It pops up somewhere else. But it is that it's just continuing to make it more and more difficult for these things to happen, so that over time, you know, we 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 push it out of the ecosystem altogether. Mm. So, is there an education piece needed to be done, or further education needed to be done to inform the consumer about the benefits of things like two FA and the other? not barriers, but the other boundaries that are put in place to try and protect them and their money. There's, a, there's education, absolutely. We have to help people understand why we do the things that we do. We also have to make them better. Mm. So, you know, I, I'm with you that putting in putting in a code from a text isn't always 
the best experience. So how can we use other things such as biometrics, for instance, to make that easier to sort of take out the... You're constantly trying to find that balance between ease and convenience, but just the right amount of friction so that you do weed out the, the, the fraud mm. um, so yeah it's, but I think it's education but we can also continue to iterate to make the experiences better while still providing the right level of security mm. you mentioned about being you know a trusted brand and at the top I referenced everybody knows the logo and all that kind of stuff when we have different types of e-commerce sites and different social media platforms facilitating transactions online it's almost too easy to spend your money now. Uh, and, and I wonder in terms of the partners that MasterCard would have or the clients or the customers, I don't know what the exact terminology is. How important is it that you know action is taken if something goes awry on one of the partner platforms or one of the customer platforms? So we're very, so, so our business is, is exactly as you just described it. We are only the sum of all of the people that we work with. You know, if, if, if you're moving transactions between places, unless people work with you, you're, you're nothing. So the trust in our franchise isn't just in our bit of the puzzle. It has to be in all of the people that we connect with as well. So you're exactly right. That trust piece isn't just us. It's all the people that we work with. And we have a whole ton of rules. We have a very thick rule book. Mm-hmm. Um, but why do we have that? Because we have sort of standards, if you like, that we expect our partners to meet. And that's important to maintain that trust and integrity of the franchise. So we have the rules. We work with our partners to make sure that they're being followed. We do audits to kind of check all of that stuff. And it's, you know, it's like the two-factor authentication bit. It's not necessarily the most exciting, but it's, but it's what you need to be able to create the trust. Mm-hmm. That was Kelly Devine, Division President of UK and Ireland at MasterCard. And that's it from me this week. If you missed any of the show, you can listen back in full on the News Talk app powered by GoLoud. I'll be back with Shane and Kira on Monday's News Talk Breakfast. But in the meantime, have a great weekend.